week on the Cinematality Podcast, we talk Mortal Kombat, Nomadland, Without Remorse, and Mitchells vs. the Machines. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Cinematality Podcast. You were probably wondering where we were for the last few weeks. We were on a brief hiatus because, you know, I I came to the realization that I've been doing this maybe uh, give or take twice a week for about a year now, and I got a bit tired, and plus I had college stuff and other issues, but we're back, we're back after our hiatus and I've got company. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Joe Hines. Hello, Joe. How are you? Hello, James. How's it going? Happy to be here. Always happy to be here. Glad to have you. Uh, yeah, lots of um, lots of good movies to talk about today. Um, lots of interesting news. Staying news. Yeah, happy to be here. Nice to have you, as always. Uh, I guess we better head into the news because... As I said in the intro, we have uh, four pretty big movies to talk about. Some from a few weeks ago, we're kind of catching up with ourselves uh, with the backlog. So that's why we're taking on four. But we'll head straight into news. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest news of the year, perhaps, was... uh, (laughs) No, I'm joking. It's uh, the release of the, the first ever trailer, the first trailer for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And uh, yeah, it was something else. It was something else. It, I, I, I definitely think this is going to be better than the first movie. And um, yeah, it's nice to see that uh, Cletus Cassidy, uh, Woody Harrelson has gotten rid of his Ronald McDonald wig. And uh, yeah, he's going to be going head to head with uh, Mr. Thomas Hardy. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't really have any complaints about it. I, I've actually been kind of looking forward to the trailer, you know. It's probably one of the more disposable superhero movies, but at the same time, I've been um, awaiting its arrival. Uh, Andy Serkis is, is the director, and I think that he suits Venom down to the ground, you know, um, because, you know, he has so much experience with motion capture, and I think he can really uh, develop uh, Venom as a character and... You know, it's just a it's a really good trailer. It's kind of funny. It's kind of a nice. Um, I suppose the first thing that kind of uh, spoke out to me was it seemed very similar to the first film. Mm. You know, um, I wouldn't have guessed that Andy Circus directed it. Um, <laughs> not that he has a huge filmography, but um, yeah, I mean, it was a fine trailer. Um, you know, I enjoyed the first film. I, I thought it was fine. It was nothing special. You know, it reminded me of like a nineties action comedy it was very kind of um didn't take itself too seriously um i still feel like the pg-13 or 13 um i don't know if that does um the character justice um you know venom in the comic books was always biting people's heads off and just the destructive nature of him i think um an 18 or six uh r-rated uh rating would be a little bit more uh you know suitable for it um but I mean, you know, Andy Serkis, I don't know if you watched the, um, the trailer breakdown that he did, but he got, he got a lot of interesting information on it. You know, how Shriek is going to be in the movie. How, um, you know, it, it doesn't have any ties to the MCU, which I think I'm kind of okay with. Um, I think it would get a little too complicated in that way. Um, but yeah, and, I, and as well, I think Carnage looks fantastic. I love the kind of the shaky kind of... Um, you know, the very uh, wild, shaky look to him. Um, I enjoyed it as well. Andy Circus was talking about, you know, the way how he can kind of change his structure 
um, on a molecular level, I thought was all very interesting. Um, and I'm sure it'll make for a lot of really cool action sequences. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was a fine trailer. Yeah, it was it was good. And uh, I liked the song choice. That was really well done. I think it turned up in uh, Lego Batman movie, as far as like, I can remember. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's real good. Uh, Naomi Harris is in it. I had no clue she, Naomi Harris was in this movie. She's going to be playing Shriek. Didn't realize that until I saw this trailer. And um, Michelle Williams seems to be back in some capacity. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it, it's uh, the trailer's been a long time coming. And uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be an improvement ultimately on, on the first movie. So yeah, all the best with that. Um, also, a few weeks back, we got a, a nice, well, it was more like two weeks ago. It's hard to remember. It's hard to like kind of, think about how time works nowadays but um i'm sorry yeah it, it's a man-made construct it's it means nothing um but yeah there is a nice kind of uh marvel feature-esque promo thing about getting back to the cinemas and stuff like that and how cinema is basically tied with the the marvel movies and um, it's all narrated by Stan Lee and it's really lovely and you know we we got looks at previous Marvel movies and we also got a look at uh, Black Widow uh, but the thing that had people most excited was uh, the Eternals we had our first ever look at Eternals uh, Salma Hayek in a cowboy hat um, Richard Madden and the gang kind of assembled in a in a forest I guess and yeah some some really kind of nice imagery just we only got like a little taste but but it was nice it was nice what do you think of it i loved it i mean this is probably my most anticipated marvel project anyway it's this year um a comic book project not that there's much rival to marvel um this year but yeah i mean you know the, not only the director but also the cast i mean Jimmy Chan, um, Kid Harrington, who wasn't in the footage, but it's great to see him in something again. Um, it was fantastic. I mean, you know, Kevin Feige was talking about how um, he was kind of blown away by how the movie looked and how little green screen they used and all sorts of stuff like that, um, which I think speaks to uh, Chloe Zhao's, you know, direction and uh, way how she works as a filmmaker. And, and we'll talk about her more. Um, we discussed Nomadland, but yeah, I mean, the footage, it's great. I think it's, um, yeah, I, I think, I think we mentioned it, I think it might have been last week how, you know, we were wondering if the Inhumans would ever show up again, they'd ever try and redo it. I think this kind of, this was the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. Um, I think that this, you know, they're the, I think the Inhumans, um, long may they rest. Um, yeah, I'm happy now with the footage. I thought, I thought it was really great. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, never say never, but I, like the Eternals seem to be kind of fulfilling the the role that Inhumans kind of have. And I know in the comics they all exist, but uh, there definitely isn't a need for Inhumans anytime soon. But I mean, Fantastic Four is coming up and they're closely tied to uh, Inhumans. And, you know, you never know. You never know. Um, God, I can't get I can't get over <laughs> I can't get over uh, Black Bolt's real name is Blackagon Boltagon. It's like something like that. <laughs> it's fucking rude. Like they really were. Oh, Jack Kirby just took a fucking day off after that, did he? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I'm not. I was never a fan. Never a fan of him, like in the comics or in an animated form, which I think 
says a lot. You know, I wouldn't really be too. I'd be intrigued if they if they were announced as like a as a feature film franchise, but no no real uh, love for them at the moment. Um, yeah, it uh, yeah it was a, it was a nice little promo, and I uh, can't wait for Black Widow as well. That looks great. Uh, just on MCU news, uh, Blade's actually been uh, put pushed back for, uh, till twenty twenty two. I think that's going to be the start of Phase 5 or one of the starting Phase 5 movies. And that's another movie I'm really, really looking forward to. Mahershala Ali, who will be almost 50 by the time he gets to play Blade, which, um, you know, I think I think he'd be fine, um, you know? And I don't know, he's always in good shape, I think. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... It, it'll be, you know, it gets difficult for anyone when they get older, so... Um. Yeah. Do you do you think that Marvel might break the rule and make it R-rated, or do you think they'll stick with the the PG thirteen? Because I think it'll they'll stick with PG thirteen. To be honest. Yeah, I can't see them going R-rated with yeah. Blade, uh, which is disappointing because, um, I, I I really liked the original Blade trilogy. I think it's kind of fun, and mm. I particularly like the second one, directed by Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. and the angle of how it kind of Guillermo del Toro always talked about, like how he he found the vampires more interesting than Blade. Mm. Um, I think Marvel Horror, um, and I really hope that they kind of delve into it more. Um, and I think that this movie would be a good game for them to do it. But I see it in our races. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I know when they do Deadpool 3, they'll probably have that BR rated because, you know, it has to be. <laughs> like, I think the fans would go nuts if it wasn't, but. Mm. Yeah, I think anything that takes place in the MCU would probably be PG thirteen or you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm okay with it. You know, there's, uh, you know, you look at any any of Chris Nolan's movies, um, you know, and they're all PG. I think apart from Memento, perhaps, and Insomnia. I mean, every movie since then has been like PG thirteen, a twelve rating, and I mean, like. You know, he really just pushes the boundary a lot of the time, especially in the Dark Knight movies. And um, it's not it's not something to feel limited by. I guess and I've read a few interviews with, with Nolan and he seems to want to keep the rating quite open uh, for viewers because I, I guess he's trying to speak to a younger audience as well, like a more universal audience. And that that rating is like just a goldmine for that sort of for for enticing all walks of life in terms of viewership so yeah uh if it's if it's pg-13 I'm, I'm totally okay with that but yeah deadpool is the exception and as far as i know they're 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 keeping with the the r rating uh kevin feige and ryan reynolds kind of confirmed that so that's all that's all good um yeah uh, i also have a a bit of news in terms of the new tom mccarthy movie uh, Stillwater, which has Matt Damon try and uh, clear his daughter's name of murder uh, when she's uh, uh, convicted of uh, murdering her friend and she's sent to prison. And, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, when, when father figures have to go to France to rescue their daughter, there's usually a lot of shooting and punching involved. Uh, but this seems to be going kind of a more realistic route, not the Liam Neeson route, uh, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, this looks really cool. Um, is is this the first movie that McCarthy's done since Spotlight, or was there something in between? Because that's a pretty big gap. 
I can't think of anything um, else he directed. Not to my knowledge. Uh, no. Let's check. That's a pretty. Yeah, it's pretty big. That's a pretty big gap because I think Spotlight came out in 2015. I won Best Picture, I think, and like there's there's been nothing from McCarthy since. But I mean, if I won Best Picture, I'd probably take a decade off. To be honest, I think I don't. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. On holiday. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I took I took four weeks off of doing a podcast. If I win, if I win Best Picture, I'm off to the fucking Bahamas for a decade. You know, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, uh, looks good though. Uh, Matt Damon in a beard and baseball cap. Uh, Abigail Breslin plays his daughter also. So yeah, that's coming out the sixth of August, and cinemas will probably be functioning in some capacity by then who knows really uh we live in uncertain times still um it was kind of the daily news really of the knives out two yeah. castings and yeah. we were we were treated every single day to well, <laughs> except for today unfortunately yeah. uh, to what seemed like a new cast member um i mean dave patista janelle monet ed norton uh, Catherine Hahn. And of course, Daniel Craig. I mean, mm. this is a great cast already, and I presume that there's going to be many more people, uh, probably very big names cast uh, in the coming weeks. Um, I cannot wait for this movie. I mean, I love the first time that so much. Uh, and the fact that, you know, it's the continuation with uh, Benoit Blanc in Greece, which I can't wait for. Greece is such a beautiful landscape, and um, I presume that... Uh, Steve Yedlin, uh, Ryan Johnson's cinematographer, will probably shoot this as well. So I can't wait to see what the movie looks like. Um, I think out of all the casts, uh, and you might feel differently. I, I feel like the one that interests me most is Ed Norton. Yeah, same. I was going to say, yeah, same. Um, yeah, yeah. It's you know, his career hasn't. I wouldn't say it's dipped, but it hasn't. Um, it hasn't been as amazing. As I would have expected, I, you know, Motherless Brooklyn was not the best movie. I was not the biggest fan of that. Um, he was a lot of Wes Anderson stuff. He was in, he voiced uh, one of the dogs in, you know, the Isle of Dogs, and he was in um, the French Dispatch, which is, which hasn't come out yet. Yeah, but um, I think the fact that he's joined this movie really speaks to um, the script and um, you know what Ryan Johnson has wrote, written, um, which just gets me more excited. But uh. Yeah, out of the out of the cast, you said Ed Norton was your most anticipated. Who else? Uh, Ed, Ed Norton. I mean, all of them really. I mean, except for maybe. You see, it's not. I don't have a problem with any of the cast. It's just like I, I'm not really too familiar with Janelle Monae's uh, career. I'm always told, "Oh, Janelle Monae, she's so magnificent." I was like, "Okay, I haven't seen her in anything." Um, I, yeah, I saw. Yeah. Her, I think the only thing I've ever seen her in is probably the. And this speaks to my knowledge of her is the fucking uh, music video for uh, "We Are Young," <laughs> uh, the fun song from like ten years ago. Uh, but no, I have a fucking clue about what her career was like, how good she is at acting. I know she was in that Antebellum movie that was very poorly received, and yeah, just I know nothing about her. But I'm excited to see her in this movie, and hopefully, she can you know. Um, raise my expectations for her. But I'm told she's very good. So, uh, Catherine Han is obviously uh, a great addition. Dave Batista is, is cool. I think he's part Greek, isn't he? He's like Greek Filipino or something like that. I think that's his his heritage. I'm not sure, but he's 
he's an absolute unit. So, oh yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what kind of, um, I wonder what kind of role he's going to play. Uh, I, I doubt he's going to be like the very kind of innocent Anadarmus character. Mm. Um, maybe he's the one that gets killed. You never know. He could that be the Christopher Plummer. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, none of these guys are pr- like it's not going to be a whole family situation again. That would be a bit. That would be a bit tired if they did that. But um, I, I'm getting kind of. I feel like this is going to be, you know, when Poirot like goes out of the country, like in Death of the Nile or something like that. I feel like this is going to be Benoit Blanc's Death of the Nile, uh, you know, yeah, uh, just based on the climate of Greece and what it's like. And yeah, man, I'm I'm so I'm so looking forward to this. And this is going to be on Netflix, uh, obviously, because of that fucking humongous deal that Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig did with Netflix. So they're set for life. I mean, as if they weren't set already, especially Craig with all his bond money. But now he's Benoit money now. Um, but yeah, fucking fair play to Johnson, honestly. Uh, it's a big, it's a big fuck you to all those Star Wars, Last Jedi haters and trolls. I love Last Jedi. I'm so glad. I love all his movies. I love Looper and, um, yeah, and and Brick. Just a really, really great filmmaker. Um, but yeah, roll on Knives Out Two, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, might be just called Knives Out Two. Um, who knows? Knives in. Knives in. Knives out. And whatever they do for the third movie. Uh, yeah, all good stuff. And we also had another trailer for the Green Knight. Uh, as well so what do you, I won't even ask you what you thought about you you were you were very excited yeah um, I really like Arthurian tales like mm. I love Excalibur um, and I feel like there hasn't been a really good one in a while um, you know David Lowry he's a filmmaker who's kind of interested me for a while now I love the ghost story and mm. um, it's a very weird movie. It's very kind of, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's a good watch though. Mm. Um, he even edited uh, Upstream Color, which is a great film, a Shane Carruth film. Mm. Um, again, very trippy. Um, and you know, this is, you know, he's written and directed this, The Green Knight. And um, I mean, the trailer, just the images alone was just, it's just fantastic you know mm. the large humanoids walking in, in the mist and um the green knight itself you know carrying its head as it's galloping mm. away um as well as just you know you can tell that they really shot it out and um wild and has a very kind of natural look to it while also kind of meshing um the very cgi images but um yeah and you know we were just talking there about Knives Out and the incredible cast. This, I mean, the cast of this movie is fantastic. You know, Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, Sean Harris, who's fantastic, Barry Keoghan, mm-hmm. Ralph Ennison. Um, you know, they're not pulling any punches with this movie. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's A24. They never disappoint. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with it. Like, it's yeah, probably my most anticipated film of the year. Did, did you see the thing, uh, the product that we're selling on the A24 store? It's the, the Green Knight board game. Did you get a glimpse of that? I saw that, and they're, they're, I think they're all selling candles. Oh, okay. so I'm like, I wonder what they smell like. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I say that like I care. I, I would buy <laughs> candles. Uh, not from the movie anyways. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the board game would be cool. The board game looks, like. it looks very well done. Uh, yeah, the, the story of this movie is, and it's kind of, you know, 
I have some ties to it. I mean, the, the nearest town to me is Care uh, in County Tipperary. And a few years ago, about two years ago now, uh, Def Patel and Barry Keoghan were filming in Care Castle, which is the, the big landmark there. It's a pretty impressive castle. Um, Matt Damon, uh, Ben Affleck and Ridley Scott and Adam Driver, they were all there during the summer. Uh, I went to the bank to cash some, cash some checks and, uh, you know, you, you get a glimpse of uh, Matt Damon from the bank. It's The, the castle's basically right opposite the bank. So, yeah, no, strange times. Um, but, yeah, it's obviously kind of hit a chord with the, with some Hollywood types and seems to be kind of the go-to lately for, for medieval filmmaking. Uh, but, yeah, um, really, really looking forward to this movie. Um, and the posters and the marketing have been really cool as well. I really want... One, yeah. of those, one of those Amazing. posters. Yeah, they're fucking great. Um, yeah, definitely like top five in most anticipated movies uh, for me anyway in the next 12 months. Um, yeah, it looks really, really great. Um, not so much on the green light, but there is one more movie that's coming. I think it's coming out later on the summer. I'll have to double check the date. But uh, Neil Blomkamp, who is making his glorious return uh, to the big screen. Uh, he's coming back with uh, a harden called Demonic, mm. uh, which I'm really looking forward to. I've obviously just finds like his most well-known and his most loved movie, but I also kind of like, um, you know, Elysium and Chappie. They're, they have certain problems with them. I don't think that they're perfect. I've always loved his kind of, uh, his approach to filmmaking and the way how he meshes know uh special effects and, and and props and all that sort of thing um uh and yeah i mean i, I can't wait to see what his take on horror is i mean he's always had very kind of um not grotesque but kind of like um very violent depictions in movies that i think are kind of interesting and like i always go back to like um obviously the aliens in, in district nine and design of them and how you know the humans and had like mechs and stuff like that and um in Elysium and, and Chappie as well um, and I think as well his movies always kind of have a critical aspect to them so I'd be interested to see if there'll be um there'll be one in Demonic I don't know if they're shooting it in South Africa but uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see him I'm, I'm looking forward to this one he hasn't made a movie now in a while yeah um, he's been doing a few stuff with uh I forget what is Oats, I think is the name of the studio. Um, they made like a load of really weird shorts. Um, yeah, look forward to this now. Whenever Neil Blomkamp is in the news, like it's like, you know, I always think of, you know, okay, he directed District 9 and Elysium. And then like, you know, more so in the last few years, it's like you think about him with regards to the amount of projects he's been attached to and been developing. And then he just like bows out then <laughs> like a year later, like Robocop yeah. returns, uh, which I was very much looking forward to. I'm a big Robocop fan and um, fucking that, that alien movie as well. And I mean, he bowed out both of those. And I think he, there was probably something else and I can't think of it, but it was something science fiction. He was going to do Halo. Was he? Oh, was Peter he? Jackson. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. yeah they were That's... working on it for a really long time. Oh. And he got cancelled, um, which was very disappointing because, you know, they're doing the TV show now. Um, I think Spielberg is even producing it. But, I um, think so, yeah. yeah. I would have loved to have seen a Blomkamp Halo movie, 
But mm. that cancellation led to District 9, so I suppose there's always a silver lining. I guess so. Is um, that TV show, I remember it being announced like a year and a half ago, is that the one with uh, Pablo Schreiber? He's going to be playing Master Chief. You know, I could I could not. Honestly, I don't know that much about it. Um, I lost complete interest when they said that it was, I think it's like a showtime. So, mm. like, if you're doing a Halo TV show, there has to be like a humongous budget. There has to be, you know, yeah. Like, that's like yeah. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like makes it like it's an epic scale. Um, I'm just like, how are they gonna shoot like roots and like even the you uh, like the whole fleet and everything? I, I don't know how they're gonna do it, but it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, um, I, I wish Long Pam could have gotten Megan, but as you were saying as well, he was attached to Robocop. Um, I don't know. I don't know why he keeps dropping out projects, and I think a lot of it as well is um, down to himself. I don't think he's getting booted from them. I think he's leaving them. Yeah. So um, yeah, but at least he's making something, or yeah. he's made something, anyways. Maybe he has like self-esteem issues or PTSD after the release of Chappie. I mean, I guess I'd be the same. That movie was fucking dog shit to me. I don't know if it has its fans or not, but yeah, it was really, really bad. <laughs> Just didn't like it. Um, I think the movie would have been okay if that fucking South African rap group was announced. That was the one part of it that I didn't like. <laughs> um, I, I I found the whole like AI military aspect of it to be quite interesting. I thought Hugh Jackman was great in it, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. What's the name of them? Die Antwerp. Die Antwerp is that the name? Die Antwerp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, they're in the news yeah. recently. <laughs> They're in the news recently. Um, they're doing a music festival, and um, they're and uh, all the other acts in the music festival pulled out because of allegations of uh, like pretty much everything, all types of harassment, sexual harassment, racist abuse, xenophobia in general. They were the source of it. So a lot of these acts pulled out of, of the festival in solidarity with the with the people who were subjected to that by them. So yeah, Jesus. just overall bad people, bad actors. And if their music is is anything to go by from the few songs I've listened to, just shit artists in general. Just absolute cancer, <laughs> to be honest. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully we never see him in anything again. But um yeah. Uh that's Mr. Blomkamp. Hopefully he Hopefully he manages to make a movie. <laughs> uh, we'll head on to reviews. And um, I think we'll start off with... Uh, we'll start off with Without Remorse, uh, which is directed by Stefano uh, Salima. It's on Amazon Prime Video at the moment. And there's Michael B. Jordan, who plays uh, John Kelly, an elite... Navy SEAL who seeks justice for the murder of his pregnant wife while also uncovering a covert plot that could reignite the Cold War. Here's a clip. Hey, turn around. Slowly, slowly, hands off. Hands off, I'll stick you up. Sergeant, sit down, sit down, sit down, down. What's happening here, Greer? Quiet! What's the money for, Ritter? Listen, why don't we just put the guns down? We can talk about what the hell is going on here. Why don't you tell us what a real mission is? You know what my mission is. Now, why don't you on the plane? How do they know where to find us? Russian airspace. What am I doing? Bullshit. Same thing happened in Aleppo. Ah. What's the real mission? Ah. 
talk. I'm trying to get Rykov. Ask him. Ask him. Speak. He offered us money to help capture Target in the apartment building. Get them to U.S. base in Finland. We thought you were dead. We had to finish. The threat of more attacks yeah. is real. We need to get Rykov. We said no, we cannot help. Okay, we're advanced only. We have families. Still the truth! You want Rykov? I can get you to it. That's what you want, isn't it? Easy, easy! Huh? This is a game! Uh, so, Mr. Hines, what did you think of Without Remorse? Um, I don't know about this one. Like, <laughs> it's, a, it's the most Tom Clancy movie ever. It's just like mm-hmm. everything, like espionage, like uh, corruption, um, you know, Russia, everything. It's just, I think the, the positives were like Michael B. Jordan. I thought he was great and everything. Uh, I, I was watching um, the new Love, Death and Robots days in that. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, him as John Kelly, he was, he was great. I, I, I just think, um, you know, he, I feel like he kept this movie above water, but I don't think the movie really helped him out in any way. Um, it was very dull. Like there's a few sequences that were great. Like the prison fight scene was fantastic. The airplane scene was great. Even the, the um, fight in Russia at the end, um, I thought it was very like well choreographed and, Locked. Um, the action was fun. I mean, the director he did Scario too, mm. which I, I I quite like. But um, other than that, it was just very kind of dry. It was very kind of boring. I I I, I thought I would care more about like the fact that you know his wife was killed and all that. But I, I just I didn't really care. Like um, I think that it was again the rest of the cast was fine. Huge mistake having Guy Pierce uh, be the. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, 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 are we getting into spoilers or I suppose we should I, suppose I mean, we but like I, I won't say anything we, I'll, I'll give my thoughts and we might go into spoilers then yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah do you know I was kind of rooting for this movie going in and I had seen the reviews but like I'm I'm a fan of all the other I'm a fan of like the Jack Ryan movies in general I don't think Shadow Recruit is that bad to be honest I think it's fine it's like a nuts and bolts kind of action thriller I think it's totally totally serviceable um but yeah, this is based on John Kelly or John Clark, as he's most prominently known in the books. Um, and you know, you've had uh, you know some big actors play John Kelly, John Clark in the movies. You've had Liev Schreiber in The Sum of All Fears, and you've had um, Willem Dafoe in uh, in the Harrison Ford movies. And yeah, he's essentially yeah, he's like a, a badass. He's like a more like darker, violent version of jack ryan and yeah i mean it's um it's 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 interesting to see like i think this is the start of 
um, Amazon Prime uh, specifically, if they're going to, if they're the ones that are, who were behind this from the start, like I think they're trying to kind of re like launch like a, a Rainbow Six franchise. Uh, judging by the, um, judging by what happens in the movie, and I guess we might as well go into spoilers now. So I, since I just said that, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is this is basically a build up for a sequel or a, a Tom Clancy, John Clark cinematic universe. And it makes total sense to be tapping into this because obviously the Jack, or the the Tom Clancy books, whichever ones you read, Jack Ryan, John Clark, Without Remorse, Rainbow Six, all those, and and you know you have a, a fan base that covers like a lot of ground. Like you have uh, everyone from like our age or and even younger to people in their seventies, like you know reading Tom Clancy books. Not only that, but you have fans of the movies from decades past. You also have like a fucking like a huge um gaming franchise in terms of the tom clancy uh ip you have um you know wildlands and um rainbow six siege as well all those games like so it makes absolute sense to tap into the idea of a tom clancy cinematic universe because everyone else is doing it and that's how people look at these things uh the people with the wallets that's how they're looking at these things uh unfortunately you know uh, you need to have a good movie starting off, and this is this this is fucking boring to me. <laughs> this is really boring, I, and I, I absolutely echo what you say. Michael B. Jordan is absolutely carrying this movie, and I think that yeah, it makes total sense for for him to be leading uh, this movie. Do you know what? I think the script is actually quite shit <laughs> in the nicest way possible. Yeah. It's quite shit, and even the, uh, the editing, particularly the start uh, when they're in Aleppo. Um, did, like you know, those title cards, the way they're intercut with the action, that was so sopily done. Like there was, like it was like it was like a it was like a black screen. It cut like it was like a black screen with the graphics on it, and you could have easily just put like the the graphics over like the action, and it would have it would have been fine. But it was so like sloppily done. I couldn't believe it. I was saying I was like, okay, this is. This isn't gonna be great. This, like this is kind of a fundamental thing you've gotten wrong here, and um, yeah, the, yeah. As you said, Guy Pierce was a terrible choice to play this villain. Um, yeah, and you can tell immediately it's gonna be he's the main guy. I mean, obviously Jamie Bell is a bit of a red herring. It's kind of a, you know they're trying to get you to think this guy is this guy's working for for the Russians or something like that, or he's you know. And and he's not like you can kind of see through it straight away because it's so fucking obvious what they're trying to do. Uh, however, I do think that there's kind of hope for the franchise because, like, you know, I think if they got, I don't know, a better screenwriter, did Taylor Sheridan have something to do with this script? Did he? Did he write this? Or did yeah. he it? yeah, 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 he was part of this. Yeah, fuck's sake, he's one of the writers, anyways. Wow, God, I yeah, I just didn't think this was good. I and I like his work, but yeah, this wasn't it. Um. But I'm hopeful for because yeah, obviously they're setting up Rainbow Six as a franchise, so I think that could be good. You know, they could do like a, I guess, well, be the equivalent something like uh, what the Suicide Squad is doing with Suicide Squad, uh, kind of make the sequel significantly better. But there needs to be some changes here. Um, uh, to be honest, you know, we have another movie that's sequel baiting to a large extent, and I think that the movie uh yeah that's 
that's pro- that's probably gonna have more success than this. I wouldn't be surprised if this never got a sequel. To be honest, I don't know what the appeal. I, you know, I don't I don't see how people could want more of this in particular, even though the Tom Clancy IP is like a big deal. So um, yeah, I don't. I'm on a two. I'm on a two out of five on this. To be honest, uh, kind of bored me. I like the prison fight, and I like Michael B. Jordan in this. Uh, but some of actually, you know, I'll get onto this. Uh, what's her name? Jodie Turner Smith. I thought she was fucking terrible in this as well. She was really, really wooden. I thought she was really, really bad. And I haven't seen her in anything. I, I understand she's very good in Queen and Slim, and a bunch of other things. And she probably is. And I can't wait to see those things. But she's very, very bad in this. Um, yeah, like Michael B. Jordan's kind of the only good thing I can say about this, really. Um, and yeah, two stairs for me um yeah do you want to get into spoilers there sorry i went on a big rant no i mean as i agree with pretty much everything you say um as well you know they had jamie bell in the movie he played because you said the red herring yeah um i thought he was completely underutilized he's a fantastic actor yeah um and yeah it was just it's a real disappointment because i think as you said there could be a really great uh, franchise here. I think that um, I think there are, is always like a, an audience for these kinds of movies. And you, you were talking about like the video games and the novels. Um, Rainbow Six Siege is still like a huge game yeah. right now. Mm. Um, if Amazon made a Rainbow Six movie, I think I think it would be really good, mm. um, or at least in terms of like viewership. I don't know how this movie performed um, in terms of like uh, you know viewership, but. Um, yeah, it was just it was very it was very boring and anticlimactic and um I never felt like there was great payoff. I never felt like um you know it was twist and turn in me in terms of the story. Uh, I always felt like I was one step ahead of the movie. Um and that's when you're doing a movie about like espionage, that is a huge failure, I feel like. Um you mentioned Taylor Sheridan. Um I can only Yes, at this stage that he wrote a pass on the script and they just brutalized it with something else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this didn't seem like a Taylor Sheridan film. It, it wasn't as um, intelligently written or nuanced as his work. Mm. Um, yeah, and I mean, the director, you know, he did 000 and Gamora. Um, I would like to see him do a sequel. I think he's a very capable action director. Mm. Um, yeah, the script just needs to be stronger. I feel like um, the story in general, because uh, mm. this was just dry. I, I'd give it, I'd give it two out of five. I think that's a yeah pretty good rating. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's it's like I was a bit bored, but I it, it's not offensively bad. It's very very nuts and bolts. <laughs> Um, but like if there's a sequel and you know if there is there is I won't be clamoring for one but if there is I'll be excited to see what they do with it and who's attached um, yeah you know, it'll you know we'll wait and see we'll wait and see uh, let's do let's do Nomadland we do Nomadland um, yeah yeah cool uh, so Nomadland obviously uh, won Best Picture and Chloe Zhao won Best Director as well it's you know, just did really, really well, and uh, it's it's uh, easy to see why. So this is uh, directed by uh, Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. I've heard different pronunciations in the last few weeks, so I'm going to go with Zhao 
because it sounds vaguely correct. Uh, so this there is Frances McDormand as, as Fern, a woman in her 60s who loses everything in the Great Recession. She embarks on a journey through the American West, living a van-dwelling nomadic life in the modern-day landscape of America. Here's a clip from Nomadland. Thank you very much. Yeah, sure. This is black, so. Oh, that's good. Hello, coffee? I know you. Yeah, hi. Dave, right? Yes. Fern? Yes. I have your uh, can opener. Yeah, 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 you do. Are you working here now, or? Yeah, first year. So, coffee? Uh. Yeah, sure. Yep, neat. Black, so if you want anything, you gotta put it in. So, see ya. Yeah, have a good day. I'm your camp host. Um, you know, I, I, to be completely honest, I didn't watch this movie until like super, super recently. I think I, the first time I watched it was like last week um, after the Oscars. Um, and when I finished watching it, um, two things kind of spoke out to me. One was, uh, Chloe Zhao 100% deserved to win Best Director. Um, then the second thing was, I don't know if it deserved to win Best Picture. Um, I think it's a very strong film. Uh, and there's a lot of, um, just on a filmmaking perspective, like even, um, you know, I feel like the use of non-actors was done so, so well. Like I would, um, you know, my family watched it. I, I, I doubt they would have realized that. Um, mm natural light just the way how the movie looked was fantastic it reminded me a lot of um terence malick yeah and his movies mm. um, very like wide angle uh, handheld uh, very natural um you know Xiao, she also edited the thing it uses a lot of uh non-continuity editing which i think i think um all of what i'm talking about i think is a testament of why i think she deserved to win best director um, you know, she utilizes all these different elements. Um, it's a very kind of free, well, at least I assume, um, a, a very free uh, filmmaking experience. Um, there's a behind the scenes clip I watched of when they were shooting Francis McDermott in some scene, but um, there's only like seven or eight people, a part of the crew. And it was an incredibly small crew. But yet the movie still looked gorgeous like it was fantastic mm. um you know there was a few standouts obviously uh as mcdermott I, I i think she i think she deserved to win best actress this year um she really gave a very vulnerable performance um and i really found her character to be very endearing as well i, I yeah um a really just kind of a lovely person like i feel like she's the kind of person you would meet on, her, on the road like yeah um you know, very kind of open and friendly and whatever. But um, there's also uh, Swanky. I think that's a real name. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Sw the woman who um, credited as Swanky, yeah, Swanky yeah. as Swanky. Yeah, great stuff. And Dave. Great name. <laughs> yeah, um, she gives an incredible. She's in uh, she, uh, the scene where she's talking about you know how she has um, cancer and how she's. She was um, talking about when she was on, she was canoeing and 
there was the swallows and everything it really just great mm. um yeah i just yeah I, I love the movie as i said i don't know if it deserved to win best picture i don't know if it was the strongest film from this past year um i still think minari um even sound of metal to a certain extent i, I would probably favor those more but um i do think Jojo, she deserved to win best director but overall i i really thoroughly enjoyed the movie I'm I'm fucking in love with this movie. I think it's great. And I was going into it like like you know, like you would with any movie that has received the hype and there is no bigger hype than receiving uh you know, best director and best picture and all that and best actor and all the accolades that's won. I for some reason I you know, you go in skeptical or I do any I go in skeptical into these things. And it's fucking beautiful like in every single way from from a visual perspective uh you know in terms of the characters i love the characters in this i mean it's 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 uh, hard for me to recall characters this endearing and compelling and down to earth um yeah fern francis mcdormand's fern is she's just such a lovely person like she seems like a person that i would know like you know like a very friendly relation or something like that she's very endearing and compelling and a, a free spirit but not to the point where it's alien she's very normal but she's very open and i think that's just a condition of her circumstance where she's kind of forced to accept things whereas maybe before we met her maybe years down uh, the line she wouldn't have been so yeah it was really great and swanky and linda may and dave they're all real uh life nomads and uh they're they're phenomenal you know um i don't know i don't know what sort of accolades people like that could be eligible for i mean if they're not members of of a guild i guess they're not really but i think i thought they were just really great you know uh chloe Zhao is the, the the star of the show she's her name is kind of uh you know is recalled as, as much as this movie's name is and um it only kind of drives the hype of Eternals and that Dracula movie, which I'm fucking can't wait for. That it's like a Dracula Western, vampire western thing. Oh man, that's gonna be so cool. Um yeah. Uh it just it just drives the hype up even more. It's it's absolutely stunning, but not in a show offy way, which is very you know, you often see filmmakers, Zack Snyder be a, a key character. He he's a a what what most people would consider a visionary filmmaker with a very kind of keen eye and he frames things in certain ways and you know a lot of the things i mean i'm not really a Zack Snyder fan but i think like you know you look at um you know he, he's he's made some really beautiful imagery uh you know particularly in watchmen and uh, the start of uh batman vs superman i thought was really really great with the with the, the waynes getting murdered i thought it was really really well done um but yeah there's that which is like a, it's you know to to be blunt it's a, it's show offy you know and this approach that chloe Zhao does it's very naturalistic but there's thought behind it it's not hollow it has meaning and you know i, I was i was listening to an interview with francis mcdormand and um she was um you know she's a producer on this movie she's been you know behind this movie since day one and yeah, she was talking about how much she admires Chloe and that, you know, she's 
she's on top of her game because she looks at film from an editor's perspective. She's an editor as well as, as you know, and um, she, she says that, you know, Chloe realizes that filmmaking is a, is an editor's art form uh, first and foremost, because at the end of the day, they, they dictate what the audience member sees. And that's so true. And I think that, uh, maybe Tarantino as much as I love Tarantino he needs to kind of look at his movies from an editing perspective and maybe not be so indulgent but at the same time I love how how balls the wall he is and he'll just fucking put everything on screen at the same time so I I like it it suits certain filmmakers you know I, actually I was thinking about Chloe Zhao in terms of other filmmakers and I feel like she's the antithesis to uh, Tarantino <laughs> they, they're like polar opposites if you think about it the, the way they like an ensemble cast versus people off the street um, the, the visual imagery uh, the subject matter is very calm and relaxed and very naturalistic and then Tarantino it's quite there's quite a lot of artifice very bloody uh, very snappy dialogue and like they're they're like it's like heaven and hell like good I won't know that kind of insinuates yeah. good versus evil but they're polar fucking opposites is what I was thinking about and I love them both but you know that's just, that's just the way it is um, I think at one stage she was even given out about Tarantino uh, how he's so against uh, using digital and all this and um, obviously Tarantino was a big advocate for for film for for shooting on film so um, yeah. Yeah, I fucking love this movie. I think it's great. Um, five out of five for me. Mm. Uh, and just to touch on the best picture thing, I think it... I haven't seen Minari. It hasn't come out here yet, but um, I'm really looking forward to it. But based on the things I've seen this year, and I've, I've seen most of the best picture nominees, if not all, apart from Minari, uh, I would think that this deserves it. I think this is fucking brilliant. Everyone should check it out. It's on Disney+. Plus. Um do you want to say something else on Nomadland? Yeah, I'd, I'd give it, uh, getting into death notes here, I'd give it like a 4.7. I think 4. it's, 7. yeah, it's, it's as perfect as a movie as I, I could want it to be. Mm. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's, again, there was some, there's like one scene towards the end with, uh, I guess, like the lead nomad when he's talking about his son. Mm. And it broke me. I was like, God, this is Yeah, that was that and then it just hit me. I was just Yeah. Yeah. It just hit me I was like these are all real people. Yeah. Um Yeah. I, I as I said, I really liked it. Um I'm excited to see what Chloe Zhao does in the future. I think um the fact that she edited, um, I think uh it was very uh, apparent through watching it, like you could tell every step of the way it was you know, early thought out. And, and even, you know, you're just watching the movie casually and it, it might not be like um, a huge character moment, but like you're just looking at the landscape and you're like, Jesus Christ, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a simple thing, you know, there's even a scene of Princess McDormand, I think she's going to piss and you're just like looking out at the <laughs> landscape and it's just like <laughs> one of the most like beautiful landscapes you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very Incredible. vulnerable performance player. Yeah, really, really well done. I love her. I think she's great, you know. Uh, oftentimes, do you know, when you're thinking about the best actors going, like, for some reason, she doesn't come to mind. But then you think about the body of work, 
like Fargo and Burn After Reading and you know all that stuff. Um, Transformers: Dark of Moon jokes, no, um, yeah, yeah. She's just she's one of the greatest living actors. I can't wait for that um, that Coen Brothers uh, Macbeth movie she's doing with uh, Denzel oh, yeah. Washington. Apparently, it's all in black and white or something. Um, I think Apple it, Apple have the distribution rights to it now. I think as well. Well, so. they do. Yeah, we should have mentioned that in the news. Actually, I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway, there people are hearing it now. But yeah, uh, very much looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. So Nomadland, check it out. Uh, there's there's almost too much incentive to watch it. Uh, Disney Plus, go go now. Do it. Do it now. Uh, Netflix's latest offering, Mitchells vs. the Machines, directed by Mark Riarda, follows young Katie Mitchell, who embarks on a road trip with her parents, younger brother, and Pug, played by Doug the Pug for some reason, uh, to film school. Their plans are interrupted, however, when the world's technology stages an uprising led by Olivia Coleman, and it's up to the Mitchells to stop him. Here's a clip from Mitchells vs. the Machines. Okay, uh, look at, look at Jokester here. Oh no! Give us the laptop. Give us the laptop. Give us the laptop. Everything with the pouch of is alive! Delicate fluff and folding. Also, pesto. When we are finished with you, there will be no leftovers. Oh, I thought that kill code thing would take him out! Yeah, but it's only a 12%! Would you like a soda? <laughs> Just kidding. Hand <laughs> it over. No! Get out of here! wasn't anticipating this movie whatsoever and it's not like prejudice against animated movies it's just, it just wasn't really on my on my radar uh i knew like uh lord and Miller were attached to it and um, obviously what they did with into the spider-verse was just incredible um and i think a lot of the animation team i think it's the same animation team is it yeah it's only animation yeah so. maybe yeah, yeah yeah this movie genuinely like shocked me at how much i loved it i very rare that like a movie has me like laughing out loud and there's just so many ridiculous parts of this film that i just found so funny like you mentioned the dog every time the dog showed up with his like eyes pointing the opposite way it just cracked me up every time yeah um this series is probably the greatest scene this year oh it, it was, was so funny amazing another scene with like the big furry like pause over <laughs> it's like time to return to the great darkness yeah Fucking cracks me up. Um, it's also like really heartfelt. Um, like it's 
you know, obviously the main character is she's going to film school. I suppose we can relate to that in some yeah. way. Um, and like even um, you know, the father who's voiced by Danny McBride, uh, yeah. like the whole family is just fantastic. The little brother always made me laugh as well. Mm. It did not sound like he was like eleven. Yeah, he that sounded cop- like he was. That caught me off guard a bit. I was like, are you sure you're supposed to be sounding like this? Actually, that's actually the voice of the director, uh, Mark Rierda, who I had uh, trouble pronouncing his name. That's the, he plays uh, Aaron as well. Um, he's also, I think he was involved with that uh, Gravity Falls TV show. Uh, he's like an oh, yeah. animator, voice actor, multi-talented guy. Uh, but yeah, he does sound a bit too old for whatever age he is. I don't even know. I, I was thinking maybe 12 or 12. I don't know. I don't know. He shouldn't sound like that. <laughs> but anyway. But he, he just, it always made me laugh though when he would talk. I don't know if it was an in, intentional thing, but like mm. um, even the relationship he had with uh, uh, Paige's sister, mm. um, it was just so funny. I loved it. And and the brother, um, the majority of the film, he'd always carry around the dog. Yeah. Just the way how he would carry him. The head was just like, Squeeze it was fantastic. The animation, I loved it. Um, yeah, even the two robots hmm. were brilliant. Um, and then I think did Conan O'Brien voice, yeah, he was uh, one of the AI. I think he was called Glaxon 500 or something like that. I think he was the guy that was uh, he was doing like kind of a public service announcement, uh, sort of thing. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I was listening to Colin O'Brien Needs a Friend, his podcast, and he was talking to Abby Jacobson, who plays Katie in this movie. She was out promoting the movie. And he mentioned that he was he had a, he had a voice uh, role in the movie. And so I was kind of looking out for him. And then I actually, I, I missed him completely. And I had to go on IMDb, and it turns out he was the voice. And I'm very familiar with Colin O'Brien's voice at this stage. So um, it was weird I didn't pick up on it, even though I was looking for it. So, uh, yeah, he should actually be in, in more stuff, to be honest. I feel like, I feel like he could have been could have been good in in movies to be honest well, i know he's busy with the talk show so uh yeah that's ending as well unfortunately i love, I love, yeah. I love that show um but yeah he's heading off to hbo max to make the big bucks not that he wasn't already he's doing well for himself um but yeah um i guess my thoughts on the movie i thought this was a delightful piece of filmmaking i thought it was great the animation as well the animation is the biggest draw to uh of this movie to be honest uh for me um you know even though i loved like the the family dynamic and all the characters um it's the animation that really draws you in as far as i know isn't it like they they do you know it's like cg animation and they just like draw over it isn't that what they did with spider-man and spider-verse is it kind of a similar process here i think it's kind of similar yeah yeah it's yeah yeah yeah, it's it's a really really interesting way of doing it. Sony Animation are just like really really doing well. Like, um, I'm not the biggest fan of the Hotel Transylvania movies, but I really like the art style. I have to say, I think it's really really nice and fluid. Um, and um, yeah, just Spider Man into Spider Verse is the peak. You know, this movie isn't as good as Spider Verse, but it's uh it's definitely up there it's certainly up there and i guess like a 97 percent on rotten tomatoes at the moment everyone's responded really really well to this love the voice cast danny mcbride as you mentioned abby jacobson maya rudolph uh mark Rierda, and yeah there's a lot of big names fucking john legend chrissy teigen <laughs> um yeah 
just every every Fred Armisen is in it too. Uh, who else have we got? Yeah, Olivia Colman, as I mentioned. Uh, actually, do you know the standouts for me in this movie was the Furby scene. I thought like all the fur anything the Furby said, and it's subtitled obviously because no one speaks Furby. But like yeah. you know, let the dark harvest begin, and all this dark <laughs> satanic so shit. It was fucking great. It was so good, and like you know, uh, fucking Danny McBride shoots. Uh, shoots the big furry with an arrow and he's like my pain only makes me grow stronger and all this oh so good um the two robots uh is it uh da, 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 da. what are the two robots names they give themselves names is it eric and something else eric and oh was, um, eric and deborah is that it i think it's eric and deborah i think so yeah 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 i thought they I were Bennett, he, he voiced eric with didn't he i think so yeah 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 but they were they were hilarious. I loved their interactions with uh, with Maya Rudolph, and they were just so funny. I love them. Uh, I do you know what? I think they'll probably they could make a sequel to this, and I think they'd have they'd have a fair amount of viewers. I think this is really good. Obviously, I don't think they should go with the machines again. Maybe something else. I don't I don't know what they go with. Um, but yeah, I really like this. Or they could go with the machines. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is really, really well done. Uh, I'm tempted to give it a five. I, there's nothing really wrong with it, to be honest. Uh, you know, it's not, I don't know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be more critical. I'm trying to give it my critical eye, but honestly, I was, I was delighted watching. I had a great time. So what do you think? What are you giving up? Um, I think it could have been maybe 10 minutes shorter. Uh, that's like the only thing. Um, yeah, I, I, again, there's, there's just no reason for me not to give it a five. Like, I feel like it just, I was thoroughly entertained the whole way through. Mm. Um, I think that there is room to do a sequel as well. I don't know what it would be, mm. you know, the Mitchells versus Global Warming or whatever. I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. That could uh, happen. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So um, we'll see. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to make a prediction. Um, I think, you know, uh, there's been animated movies. You think about like Big Hero 6 uh, in particular springs to mind. They did like an animated series with uh, obviously not as good animation, a different art style. I won't say not as good. It's just a different art style um, that's maintainable. Um, but I think, I feel like you could probably get a, like a kid's animated show out of this with like a different art style, like a 2D one, specifically 2D. Uh, I think that could be on the cards for them. Um, but I'd actually, I'd love another movie, you know. It, it reminded me, I got I got a, a lot of Incredibles vibes from it, you know. Not just because it's a family sure. against a you know bunch of robots, but like, well, I guess mainly because it's a family against a bunch of robots. But, you know, it, it, it has similar qualities. It's, it's, it's very easy to get something like that wrong, but it had that similar quality to it, you know. Not as good as Incredibles for me. I, I that's one of the first movies I ever saw, and it, it's just masterful. And the second one is um, obviously, you know, there's maybe fifteen years in between the two movies, but like, it's just a gorgeous, uh, a gorgeous sequel and a real great continuation of the story. I'm glad they took their time, but um. Yeah, Mitchell's vs. the Machines. Check it out. It's on Netflix. I guess most people probably have at this stage. Uh, it was a, it was a big hit. So, yeah, and that leads us on to our final movie 
of the show, which is uh, Mortal Kombat. Unfortunately, Joe hasn't seen this, but we'll get Joe's thoughts on it next week if he decides to uh, delve into the world of, of MK. But uh, the, the plot is, uh, you know, uh, we have Cole Young, who is a, a retired MMA fighter. He is launched into the world of Mortal Kombat. He meets Jax, Sonya Blade, Liu Kang, Kung Lao, and Kano, all the fan favorites in the games. And they have to take on Shang Tsung and his army consisting of um, Melina and Sub-Zero, all the video game characters. Um, This is directed by Simon uh, McQuaid, uh, who I believe this is his first feature. He's like 50, so I mean... I don't know why he's doing this. But anyway, here's a clip from Mortal Kombat. Fight! No Harry Potter. Who's that? Cute. Real cute. Let's see you try down again. That's the only move you know, mate. Yeah, yeah, put a shirt on Magic Mike. Um, okay, so, yeah. This is on VOD at the moment. I spent 18 euro on it. Am I regretting it? Kinda. I'll explain why. Here's the thing. Mortal Kombat follows the story... It follows the main character of Cole Young, who's played by Lewis Tan. Um, I, I think Lewis Tan seems like a cool guy. I don't know any of his work outside of this movie. Um, he's obviously a very competent martial artist. However, not a very good actor, unfortunately. In in a movie that's that's quite a mixed bag, he is up there in terms of the weakest aspects of it. He's very he's quite bad in this movie. I'll be honest. He's he has a family and there's a daughter and uh, a wife, and they are also in the same camp. They're quite bad <laughs> at acting. <laughs> Um, not that the script is doing him any favors. The script is um, hmm, quite shoddy and doesn't really work <laughs> uh, as as a script for a movie. It's like it's like a nihilistic eleven year old wrote this, like a like one that would probably like shoot up a school, <laughs> like like oh the, the sort of guy you probably should stay away with or stay away from. Um, no, I, I'm you probably wouldn't go that far, but you know, keep your distance nonetheless. But it's and then, like, visually, it's fine, it, it's it's fine, it's fine. I know this is a very comprehensive review, however, um, there are some good things about this. I think the casting for the for the fan favorite characters is actually quite good. So, you have Ludi Lin as Liu Kang, who's fucking ripped, by the way. He's actually like his shoulder muscles. I know he's oiled up, probably, but like he, pro- he properly went to work, and he's that's a guy who is probably quite, you know, he, he was skinny probably beforehand. He really, really put in the work for this. Uh, I think he's quite good. He's quite a compelling character. Um, Josh Lawson, who has been singled out in many reviews as the saving grace of this movie, is just that. He's absolutely amazing in this movie he carries this movie like he, he saves it from being an, like an absolute ball of shit sometimes and if he wasn't uh, introduced when he was I would have lost hope 
uh, immediately. But he's absolutely fucking great at cracking jokes. I swear to God, I don't know anything about the the production of this movie, but like, I swear to God, he's ad libbed some of these things. Like they feel so natural. All these jokes, like he's really, really good. Like he'll just like he'll just like um, talk in the middle of a character's soliloquy or something like that. It's really, really, it feels really natural, really good. He's just on the ball all the time. Uh, he plays Kano, who's a favorite of mine. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Mortal Kombat games. I uh, probably said it before in previous episodes. Uh, Jessica McNamee is is not great. Uh, she's not given a lot to do, to be honest. Even the script even points out how kind of useless she is, unfortunately. Um, yeah, then you have Kong Lao. He's, he has a hat and he kills people with it visually quite a cool character not a lot going on though in the in the gray matter um yeah and then you have shang song i think joe taslam as um as sub-zero is quite good i think i think he's quite good he's a really competent martial artist i think he's like one of the better actors in this uh obviously in in any of the marketing you've seen it's even on the cover of 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 the movie it's like um you see you know, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. It's that classic matchup. You see them that in the marketing. I mean, and they only fight at the start and at the end. And you don't get a lot of Scorpion action, even though he's probably the... He's the face of Mortal Kombat, pretty much. The, You know, it, honestly, if I was directing this movie, I wouldn't have created a new character. Cole Young is the only character that uh, didn't exist prior to this movie. He's a completely new character. And that's fine, but, uh, you know... If you're going to do that, make the character interesting. And they just haven't. He's fucking bland as shit. And he's like, he's kind of incompetent because he loses 90% of his fights. He's not particularly good at fighting. Um, like he loses to a guy in the ring, like a normal guy. You're introduced to him in a, in a, in a, in a cage fight. And like he's just fighting like a you know, your run-of-the-mill cage fighter. And he just fucking loses. He taps out. And then, you, then you're expected to believe that he can beat like a four-armed giant guy. And yeah, it's it doesn't really make any sense. And I kind of hope they kill him off in the sequel. Um, and speaking of sequels, it's it's a lot of build up towards the sequel. There's actually no Mortal Kombat tournament in this movie. It's so weird. It's build up to a tournament, but there's no tournament at all. Like that's what Mortal Kombat is, and there's no tournament. It's just people running around killing fuckers. Like that's all that's all it is. It's like preparation for it. Like Shang Tsung is trying to kill all of the heroes before like Mortal Kombat starts. But like by the end of the movie, there's no there isn't there's no Mortal Kombat at all. Um obviously Joe, we'll get into it because I don't want to spoil the movie for you. But um uh, I will say, and it's obvious just by the IP alone that they're going for many sequels with this movie. But um yeah, I I wasn't bored. But I didn't have a great time, and if someone if someone told me I could reclaim my eighteen euro that I spent on this movie, I would be very tempted to uh, to take them up on their offer and go back in time and probably, you know, I could do without this movie in my head. To be honest, it's not great. It's not great. I'm on a I'm on a two star rating. To be honest, and the fight scenes are good, but the direction is sloppy, and they don't do they don't do the fight scenes justice as well. So get another director tell Simon to fuck off and get someone good like James Wan the producer of this um, movie yes Joe sorry what were the fatalities like fatalities were 
Um, do you know what? There's only like fatalities. There's only like three proper fatalities in this movie, which I found a bit odd. Like three proper ones. Like Kong Lao, um, Scorpion, and Jax. They do... Or, or well, actually, no. Sorry, Kano does one with the with the lizard guy, reptile. So four. There isn't that many uh, fatalities. And to be honest, like if this if they were going to go for fatalities, like they they might as well have just done it for this movie because like death really isn't. This isn't a spoiler for the movie, but death really isn't a big thing in Mortal Kombat games. Like everyone just gets resurrected anyway. I think I think all the major characters in Mortal Kombat have died at one stage or another, and they're always they always get you know brought back to life through some magic so like you can kill off all your you can kill off most of the characters and some some big characters do die in this but like there's no real stakes so to to amend that to remedy that you make you make the violence as bloody as possible because that's what people are kind of looking for in this as well as um, a good story and i think that they really missed the boat on this one um yeah it's a bit unfortunate it's better than the other two that well, the one that uh, Paul W. S. Anderson did, which people have been kind of looking back lightly on, it's a fucking terrible movie. Don't, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by Mister Sunday Movie Sunday. Hey, it's all right. It's all right. It's not. It's fucking dog shit. And Annihilation is even worse. And that fucking TV show they did, uh, or web series, it is awful. It's like absolute cancer. It's terrible. Don't watch any of that stuff. Um, just play the games instead. The games have a way better story and they've better direction as well. The cutscenes are really, really good in the last, the last two games since they've well, there's been three since the reboot, but the last two games have been really, really heavy on story and it's quite good. It knows exactly what sort of franchise it is, plays to its strengths. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of all I have to say on on Mortal Kombat. I think that there will be a sequel to this. I think this is doing quite well. It's on top of all the charts. Um, the sequel will happen and it's not a spoiler to say that Johnny Cage isn't in this movie Johnny Cage is uh, outside of Scorpion and Sub-Zero is the the most liked character from that franchise and like it would make total sense to have him in this movie as the outsider character that Cole Young is supposed to be playing but like they just didn't put him in so I guess they're saving him for the second movie which I hope is going to have the tournament in it I would be very, very surprised they didn't have the actual Mortal Kombat tournament, the namesake of the movie in the second one, at least. So, yeah, uh, it's a bit frustrating, as you can tell from my voice. It's uh, I would have done a way better job. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite it's not awful, but it's very frustrating because like there's so much to work with from the games. The games are actually quite cinematic, especially especially the last three, and there's so much to work with. And yet it's kind of squandered in in favor of building up anticipation for the sequel. This feels like a like a prequel, like a like a kind of really shoddy prequel, to be honest. It's not awful. It's totally fine. But it's and I don't like using the phrase dumb movie. I'm I went into Kong, I uh, sorry, Godzilla vs. Kong, and I thought it wasn't you know, everyone was saying, oh, it's a dumb fucking movie. It's like, it's not, no, there's there's something there's something there working, you know. Someone was using the grey matter, and this is fucking dumb. This is just, this is really, really dumb, turn your brain off sort of stuff. And it didn't have to be. It could have been compelling, but it's not. Anyway, that's Mortal Kombat 2021. It's on VOD for 18 euro currently, so uh, 
can't possibly recommend it. Get it when it's cheap or on a streaming service. Well, Joe, I've amped up your expectations no end with this review of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm still looking forward to watching it. It's crazy. I didn't know about um, Louis Tan's character not being from... I, I actually didn't know that. So yeah. um, it's curious. It's interesting that they introduce a new character considering they have like plenty different characters already oh, in this movie that they well, have had. Well, do you know, there's actually probably close to like, I don't know, probably 50 or 60 because like they rebooted the games Whoa. in 2011. So, I mean, they were going from like early 90s. So John Tobias and Ed Boon creators, like they had been... Like there's so many Mortal Kombat games, um, so yeah, there's there's so many characters to work with, and some of them have only ever made like one appearance in a game here and there. So like the roster, if you take into account all the game, like from all the games, the rosters from all those, you could, I I don't even know how many characters there is. There's so many different ones. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a mental roster to work with, and yet they came up with the most bland fucking character to lead this movie doesn't make any sense i hope they kill i hope they kill him off at the next movie honestly and just never come back um yeah it's bad 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 i always i, I always think back to the trailer you know when uh it was stan's character shows the the dragon <laughs> and the girl goes it's it's the birthmark he was yeah. born with it <laughs> i was like well yeah. if it's a birthmark he was obviously born he wasn't yeah, fucking yeah. brandish jesus yeah yeah um that's, yeah it, that's disappointing the- to hear as well that uh Jessica McNamee's performance wasn't that good. She's, um, yeah, I quite I mean, like her in everything she's been in. Yeah, she's, do you know what? It's not even her fault. I think there's, I think in the script, she's sidelined quite a lot in, in favor of the other characters. Um, you know, Kano gets a lot of screen time in the, in the, in the start, at the end of the first act and in the middle. Like he has, he's talking for pretty much everyone in in that middle act, and you know even more so than Cole, and yeah, uh, Kong Lao is revealed, and like I don't know, I feel like you could have told this from like Liu Kang's perspective. You could have like done like because Liu Kang is like the big hero of of that of the franchise. Like he's the guy, he's like the chosen one. You know, if we're gonna, he's like the Luke, he's like the Luke Skywalker of Mortal Kombat, basically. And right. he's, he's just sidelined. And Ludi Lin is like, he has the physicality, he has the charisma, and he's just a side character playing to the plot of, of, of Louis Tan. And it's, it's so ill-conceived. Like, thank God the casting on the most part is good. I think the only casting I didn't like, um, if we're talking about like, characters from Mortal Kombat is Raiden. I didn't like what they did with Raiden. I think he's very... I don't know. The weird thing with Raiden is he's like an Asian thunder god, but like in the games, he's never Asian. He's like he's like a white guy. But like, I guess the image... That image of Raiden in my mind is so kind of stuck. Like, it's hard to see. Like, it's weird to see an Asian guy be Raiden, even though he's like an Asian thunder god, if that makes sense. Uh, so it, it, it actually makes sense to cast an Asian person, but the character is Caucasian in the games. But yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel like, yeah, 
they just didn't cast the right guy. And he looks kind of fucking dumb as well. Even by Raiden standards, he has like a big hat, like a big straw hat. But like they kind of, it's a bit kind of toned down. Um, I'd, yeah, that, that was kind of the only casting I had an issue with. And plus he has kind of a, like a sna- like Snapchat filter lightning eyes all the time. They look very unconvincing. Um, so, you know, they could have used like some contacts or something, I feel. Um, it's really, really bad CGI on these eyes. And he doesn't even fight. Raiden fights in the games, doesn't fight here. Um, but yeah, kind of disappointed. Kind of disappointed. I was... I was expecting like a balls to the wall action film with all these characters and here now that it's like it's following some made up character and just, yeah. what I should say like three fatalities is it's a little disappointing but I'm still in, in terms of like the action sequences that there were were they well done? Like was the, choreo- you know, the choreography good? They were good however it's like I didn't even get into the editing the editing is fu- it's some of the poorest I've seen all year honestly it's really really bad well, yeah, it's like it'll cut to like there's a scene where uh, Liu Kang like is trading with Kano and like he's just doing like a sweep kick all the time. That's not the issue. The sweep kick is kind of like a joke thing because he keeps getting taken out with the same attack. But when Kano uh, is getting up, there's like there's like five cuts, like three, three or four cuts, like when Kano is getting up from different angles and it makes no fucking sense at all. Um, it's not as bad as Liam Neeson in Taken 3 when he's climbing over the fence it's not that the bad fence, yeah. nothing, nothing is ever it's not like 18 takes or something like that 30 takes fucking who knows but it's not that bad but it's really really badly done it's like it's like the editor only went through it once went through the final call once and just didn't bother looking at it or anyone else just bypassed all the execs uh, yeah so that was that was bad but the fight scenes to answer your question are quite well done because um you know, a lot of the actors in this are martial artists themselves. Joe Taslam, Ludi Lin, um, you know, Louis Tan, you know, um, the guy who plays Scorpion. I can't think of his name. A Japanese oh, guy. Sonata. Yes, that's the guy. He's actually very, very good. Good, in, you know, uh, the Wolverine and uh, Last Samurai, all that stuff. He's really good. Um, but yeah, the major like the majority of these guys are all martial artists and are they're all doing their job, you know, really, really well. It's actually really, really good fight scenes. But like it's just filmed badly. You know, it's just the the first the first scene, the first fight scene, actually no, the second fight scene between um Cole Young and the random MMA fighter, that's filmed quite badly. Um, there's some there's some shots from within the crowd themselves and like you'll have some fucking guy's head covering the thing and it like lingers on it for way too long and like it'll cut to jacks and it'll cut from like it's like pointing like the camera at like exact like at it's like zooming in on the cage like the wires of the cage and you can't really see what's going on and then like the same thing is happening again where they're cutting like random frames in between it and it doesn't make any sense like you can't really tell what's happening you have a very um very poor idea of the geography of a scene and the chronology itself it's like that's why they need they need a new director going forward you know i don't think this guy is going to be any loss like he seems to be quite into the games 
and into the lore and he did like a breakdown the first trailer came out but he's just not the guy he's not the guy i feel like i don't know if they got like um chad stahelski even or something like that or, or david leach mm-hmm. or something like they would be ideal for this and they could introduce johnny cage um yeah that's just the way they need to go forward because as it is now they're not going to get any critical acclaim they might get the money but it's this could have been so much better, honestly. I was really, really looking forward to it after seeing the first trailer, and it's just it's not it. It's not it. I I could do better. I feel like I I'm not even blowing my trumpet. I could do better with a Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> just give me the fucking keys to the castle. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's Mortal Kombat. I I was talking about that way more than I should have, but that's just the way it is. I'm on a two, um. Because I think the casting is quite good for the most part. It's fairly on the ball, and Josh Lawson. Uh, has fucking back pains, I'd imagine, even now from carrying that movie. Uh, months after it wrapped, he's he has a slip disc, I'd say. Broken fucking shoulders. He's fucking green, this movie. But apart from that, I'd say avoid it or get it cheap or watch for free. <laughs> yeah, not good. Or just play, play, play MK11. That's the, that's, the, that's the best Mortal Kombat experience you could get. Anyway, that that's that's a wrap, I think, is it, Joe? That's a wrap on the show. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it just came to my mind there. The 15 minutes of Army of the Dead were released today. Oh, yes. If you want to talk about that. I didn't um, I didn't see it, but uh, you can talk about it and we can, because I'm curious about this movie. We're obviously going to review it next week. That's going to be probably the biggest release uh, next week. What What did you think of the, of the first 15 minutes? Well, so there's two things. The first thing is, um, I'm really not a fan of this trend now that studios are doing where they're releasing like the first however many minutes of a movie. It's like just a trailer. Mm. Like they did this with um they did this with Mortal Kombat. They did, yeah. They released the first seven minutes. That's the best scene um, in the movie as well. <laughs> That's actually the best scene in the movie they released. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is, yeah. That's that's, yeah. that's that's the best scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, Zack Snyder, he decides to release the graces with the first 15 minutes. Um, I'll say this, as a fan of like the Romero zombie films, um, first 15 minutes, well, I guess you could say the first like seven minutes, is a full scene of how um, fire starts. And then after that, it goes into um, basically a montage with credits over it, like a, an intro sequence yeah. of um, Vegas being overrun. Um, the whole thing is done really, really well. Like it's um, it's as violent and as gory as a zombie film should be, especially on this budget. Um, it has a great scene as Viva Las Vegas. Uh, I forget the two who covered it. Um, overall, um, it has gotten me more excited for uh, the movie next week. I've been looking forward to this film. I do love a good zombie. Um, but as I said don't release 15 minutes of a movie. I know it's like a two and a half hour film, but like there is, there has to be some smarter way of marketing. Like even if it was a smaller scene, I just don't get the, I don't get like, cause I'm going to watch the movie now next Friday on Netflix. And I'm going to be like, okay, I've seen this before. Like, come on, just get on with it. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I feel like a scene that really sets up the world like it does and I mean, there are some really great shots. I mean, you were talking about Zack Snyder and how 
he is a very visual storyteller. Um, it's like it, I would have worked to have seen the whole thing in one, and I knew like I wouldn't be able to still from watching it. So I just gave in as soon as it came out. I was like, fuck it, I'll watch it. All. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, I'm excited to see the movie next week. It's just, um, I wish they would have just held off. It's like more week, you know? It's it's my my dislike for the films of Zack Snyder have been well documented in the past. I think you can probably close your eyes and pick an episode, and I'm probably talking shit about the man. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, I'll go on record and saying that he seems like a, a totally uh, normal, nice guy. And do you know? I think I think what has. Um, driven a lot of the hatred towards towards him and his filmography more so um is i guess it's the fact that he's he was put in charge of one of if not the most significant uh most popular uh, intellectual properties ever conceived the the dc universe he was given the keys to the justice the batman superman all the rest and i guess when a person fucks up uh, <laughs> those characters in a stratospheric manner um, it can lead I, I guess it can kind of lead a person to uh, feel very strong feelings towards a filmmaker it can kind of make or break your relationship with with a particular filmmaker I think that's kind of what happened with, with Zack Snyder you see um, you know I, I kind of like Watchmen to be honest Um Dawn of the Dead, I haven't seen in years, but I remember liking. Um, Sucker Punch is dog shit. It is awful. But, you know, I wasn't offended because who gives a shit about the Sucker Punch characters, you know, whom he created. And I think with original IP, if he fails, he fails. But if he doesn't, you know, I'll be, I'll give him the praise he deserves, you know? And, I mean, this is, this is an original movie. Um, and... If it's good, I, you know, I hope it's good. I, I hope everyone, every movie is good going into it, or there's some amount of enjoyment. Apart from Cats, Cats was different. But it's, yeah, I do hope that it's good and it can kind of amend my relationship with him. Not that he really cares, he's doing fine. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Um, but I don't I don't hate the guy at all, uh, to be honest. I, th- I think he's quite normal. He sounds... A lot like Mark Ruffalo. Do you ever notice he sounds like a lot like Mark Ruffalo? He stifles a lot when he talks. He does, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I, I feel like they could be brothers in some way. I, I, obviously, Mark Ruffalo is not. Yeah, well, they don't look alike, but I feel like they talk the same way. But yeah, yeah. But he's anyway. a good guy. Like everything that I've seen, like he seems like this person. Um, I've always, I think it's great what he did with like suicide prevention and all the money that he raised yeah. uh, with the spirit cut. Um, as you said, uh, you know, just as a, not as like a, I guess, like again, I liked Man of Steel and like the following two movies that he made. Um, I think Dawn of the Dead is still one of his best movies mm. and he didn't write it. Um, one thing that has me slightly concerned about Army of the Dead is he was one of the writers on it. Okay. But again, he could blow. I mean, he he could surprise me. I'm looking forward to this. This had probably one of the best trailers as well that I've seen in a long, long while. Trailer for me that it was fucking fantastic. Um, 
you know, traders in, in and of themselves are kind of art forms, I feel like. Oh, definitely. A great trader. Yeah, definitely. So many, um, there's like many different parts of it that kind of have to all come together. Like you have the music, the editing. Um, and I feel that Army of the Day, almost like traders within it. You know, there's like the heist at the start, then there was like the zombie film in the middle, and then there was just this boss of the wall montage uh, with uh, the gambler, which was a fantastic song to pick. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm rooting for this movie. I really want to get now on Friday, and the first fifteen minutes didn't disappoint, but um, it is kind of a cautionary tale where it's like, please don't release this amount of your film online for free. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah, it's. I'd imagine he wouldn't be too happy about it, but I mean, that's the trade-off. I mean, Netflix are famously quite, uh, they, they have good relationships with, with their filmmakers. And look, if that's the trade-off after what he kind of came out of with Warner Brothers, I'd take it happily. Um, yeah. But uh, hopefully that's a success for him. Obviously, um, the Snyder Cut was apparently a, a pretty big success, even though Warner Brothers would have you believing otherwise, it would seem. They're, as you said before, they have been very anti-Snyder. And, you know, um, fuck, yeah. Look, hopefully it, it goes well for him. And I can see him working with Netflix for probably the foreseeable, I think. He seems to be taking root there, and that's that's fine. See, the thing with, with WB is they've kind of severed ties with most of their of their tenpole filmmakers. Nolan is gone for sure. He has to be after what they fucking did. Uh Denny Villeneuve, maybe after yeah. June is over and done with, he might go. Um yeah, those are I mean, those are the two best filmmakers working today, I would say. Um and they're they're at the same studio and now you pissed them off and now they're gone. Be all because you wanted to sell your shitty fucking streaming service so the world can see the fucking Sopranos for the tenth time. It's yeah, and so they can see, you know, you, you could you know simultaneously release movies, uh, which seems to be the beginning of the end. Well, not the beginning of the end, but the beginning of something new. I think for for movie going, um, yeah, it's strange. It's a strange it's time. I don't the start of a slow death. I think so. Or cinemas in it. I th- I think so. Yeah, I'd like to. I th- I think I don't think cinemas will. I don't think you know. I'm I'm optimistic. I don't think cinemas will ever die, but I think that their significance will be diminished by the fact that people don't have to leave their living room to go see the movie they want to see, uh, which is a pity. You know, it's a real pity. But then again, I. I mean, that that could be a good thing for some people, you know. But I feel like any yeah. any cinephile like ourselves would view it as a bad thing. But your run of the mill, uh, normal person, you know, that doesn't that likes movies, but you know, that's about it. They just like them, and they like to put one on every now and then. They'll say, "Okay, Grant, I don't have to." go drive 20 miles into the, the cinema and see um, the Batman or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's just the way it is. The times they are changing, as Bobby Dylan once said. Anyway, that's the show, I think. That's the show. 
good conversation man good conversation um yeah yeah that's the end of episode 32 we we made it and we'll be back next week with army of the dead and oxygen which joe has already seen i haven't seen and uh a ton of other good old flicks and a whole bag of movie news as well to to go with that so you know we're keep we're keeping you well fed lads we're keeping you well fed it's all for free for now until we until we until we hit the big time and then we're going to launch that pay, we'll, we'll launch that fucking Patreon and then and then you have to pay like you know 50 yeah. cents per episode and it'll it'll grow and grow and grow and you know everyone will go away eventually no they won't um, anyway we'll call it a day sorry long winded outro from me uh, it's a goodbye from Mr. Joe Hines goodbye Joe goodbye James thanks for having me on um yeah, good discussion there. I enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, was... Lots of interesting movies this week. Absolutely. Um, award-winning movies. And then there was Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> and Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Do you know what? I actually I actually enjoyed Mortal Kombat more than I liked Without Remorse. Because like Without Remorse was boring, but then Mortal Kombat was... I was never bored by it. It was just shit. And I was frustrated. I was too busy being frustrated to think this is boring. Uh, but yeah. We had a lovely old discussion. We'll see you again next week. And um, Loki ain't too far away now. So we'll get on to that. And it's a goodbye from me. I'm going off to... Hmm, I'm going to watch Castlevania because that uh, that was released today, I think. Season four. Can't wait for that. And uh, yeah, I'll see some vampires getting the shit kicked out of them. There. Goodbye, listen. Goodbye. 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 Bye. Bye. Bye.